Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Out of the Blue from Maze and Brew, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. The podcast equivalent of wearing a mask in public. It is not sexy, but it might keep your grandmother alive. I am Jared Stormer of mazeandbrew.com. With me, as always, is Andy Bailey, my hetero life mate. Andy, you hornless and hoofless unicorn. How the hell are you? Sir, I am great. I am well. We are close to football season. It feels good to finally say that again. Um... Just under two weeks away, or just over two weeks away. How are you, my friend? All is well because of what you just said. A little bit strange because technically we are in college football season, but it doesn't start until Michigan runs out of that tunnel and touches the banner in my mind. No, I don't care about watching Vanderbilt play every Saturday. It just doesn't do it for me. Who cares about UK's football score? No, I'm fine. Give me Michigan football so I can actually get into the season some. I'm with you. And uh, there were some like decent matchups last week and the matchups are starting to get real. The SEC actually has to play real opponents to start the season. So I just can't really find myself getting into it. I tuned into Tennessee just for a moment to see former Michigan commit Eric Gray rip off a big run. And then I said, that's enough for me. Yeah, I watched Alabama and watched Najee Harris, former Michigan commit, rip off run after run. And then I wiped the tears from my eyes and I move on about my day. Indeed, and move on we shall because uh, we're fine at running back, so we can we can live with that. But as you said, it's just not the same. So we are a little over two weeks away when this pod comes out from the Minnesota game, and as of right now, all systems are go for that game at Minnesota on the twenty fourth. 
Yeah, Michigan has been in pads for a little over a week now. The violence is picking up. They're putting out hype videos. And, yeah, inject everything into our veins. You know, stay, stay positive, test negative. Let's keep this thing going. Let's keep it rolling. Let's, yeah, stay negative so that we don't run into any sort of delays or barriers. So far, I mean, there's not been any major football games canceled. I think that Notre Dame Vandy one or whatever it was, or Notre Dame Wake Forest, I think it was. Uh, but the NFL, they've managed to get all their games off despite a few tests. So God willing, everything continues to progress. Because, yeah, now, like you said, there's hype videos out. So now my blood pressure is through the roof. So it's got to happen. Yeah, the blood is boiling from... What I understand, most of the Michigan team, if not all of them, are just doing strictly online classes to kind of preserve the bubble they've made there. And everyone seems to be buying in. Jalen Mayfield didn't come back for no reason. Right, exactly. They are buying in. And, I mean, think about how long they've been kind of waiting and undecided, not knowing what's going on. You see other teams playing. I mean, they've got to be itching to get back onto that field and hit somebody other than someone else in maize and blue. Yeah, I mean, even just putting on the pads and hitting somebody in maize and blue, like starting last Wednesday, has to feel good. Just getting some contact, and they hadn't had contact. Aiden Hutchinson spoke on a podcast. He had not had contact since the Alabama game in full pads. And then, wow. so last week, you finally get to hit somebody, get to hit Jalen Mayfield, you get to hit the running backs, just feel alive again. I can only Dang. imagine what that felt like for the team. Yes. I mean, it definitely takes pulverizing another man across from you to feel alive. We all know If you're that. Aiden Hutchinson, you're damn right. <laughs> yeah. If you're Aiden Hutchinson, I'm sure that you're not alive until you're, you know, in the octagon armed with a, a club against another warrior. But yeah, so, the, so good for them and uh, good for us because, yeah, we're starting to get some hype videos. The excitement is building. Uh, Don Brown came out. There's been some nuggets. There's not a ton of news coming out of the Michigan camp, more some some nuggets about the team. The most notable one, I would say, a bit of a surprise, is that Jamon Green is the front runner for the number two corner spot, followed closely by DJ Turner. Uh, only surprising because I picked DJ Turner. I think you did pick one of the Green brothers. I, I think I picked the other one, but I'm still convinced they're one person. <laughs> it's going to be hard to prove otherwise. I've never seen them both together in a room. Yeah, prove me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they play the same position, so they're probably in the same room all the well, time. The other one's a safety, but they're both well, the like six, they're both six three. Yeah, I mean six three as a as a boundary corner. I'm all right with that. Between him and Vincent Gray, that is a large group of corners there. Yeah, that is size. Then you still get the people like Andre Seldon and DJ Turner if they're going to play nickel. And I know you and I are both like have our fingers crossed for Andre Seldon and Iman Dennis switch positions. The incoming fresh, he's a freshman, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he runs 4-3 speed. Now he's playing corner. I love it. Yeah, I'd be into that. Those guys probably need a little bit more time to develop. Yep. So if Don Brown's saying it's Jamon Green, that's likely the case. We'll probably see some DJ Turner. Does this mean probably no Dax Hill at the corner spot? There has to be a good chance of Dax Hill moving over to corner. I mean, Jamon Green is coming on. We take what Don Brown say is law around here. If you say otherwise, you can meet he and his mustache in the parking lot. But if there's a drop-off from one to two, the best man needs to play. And we've seen Dax Hill's coverage skills. We've seen his speed. And he's able to play there. He's been taking reps. And the best man will play. And I trust that this Michigan defense will do that. I would have to agree. I think you'll probably see him move around. He's an extremely versatile athlete. But like you said, you trust Don Brown. You trust Mike Zordich. Those guys have been around the program, been around football for much longer than you and I. So I'm going to trust whoever they put out there. 
And uh, I'm excited about the size at corner, if nothing else. I mean, Jamon Green is an unknown commodity, but those are two large corners with him and Vinny G. Absolutely. And with the depth at safety, you have to feel really good about them moving Dax Hill. A lot more depth at safety, especially with the incoming talent than we have at corner. Corners will maybe our thinnest position on either side of the ball. It's either that or defensive tackle. So yeah, I'm with you there. So speaking of defensive tackle, segue, another little nugget that came out from Don Brown is that Donovan Jeter is having a strong, strong camp. Uh, kind of been the the unknown guy or the guy that was you expected to do big things and for whatever reason has not been able to break through at Michigan. But now with plenty of opportunity in what is one of the thinnest position groups, sounds like he is making the most of it. God, I hope so, because between he and Luigi Villain, I just want one of them to come through. Just come on, give, give me something. The truthers are out there. You and I sometimes drink the Kool-Aid, but it's time. Jeter has been there forever, it feels like. I think he played his first season maybe under Rich Rod, so it's time for him to finally get out there. If he can stay healthy, I hope he has a big season, because as you alluded to, the depth of defensive tackle is really thin, especially after Kemp and Hinton. Right, and haven't heard much about Maisie Smith or Mozzie Smith, except that he's at 305 down from 350, so that's quite a substantial amount of weight loss. He lost the equivalent of an eight-year-old. <laughs> so sounds like he's a little bit more fit and ready to go. So if Jeter comes on and you like what you got in Mozzie Smith, uh, all of a sudden that's a much better-looking position group. Absolutely, and another Don Brown nugget coming out with the front seven is that true freshman William Apache Mohan, Wild Bill the Apache, is a name being added to the Viper group, being compared to Josh Uche with his rushing skills, and that he will, will play this season. Who saw that coming? No, not you or I, probably because we didn't know his nickname was Apache. Had that have been common knowledge? Yeah, we're going to pencil him in immediately. But now that I know that that's his nickname, I'm all aboard. And the fact that he'll be playing the Viper and rushing the passer, I mean, that's great. You can never have too many pass rushers. Was well, not the biggest name recruit by far in this year's overly, I mean, overall strong recruiting class. But that's kind of how it is, is it's usually an under-the-radar guy that you didn't necessarily see coming, see Ronnie Bell or Mike Sanger still, that comes out and, you know, makes a big impact. And in this case, it sounds like William Mohan, so... There's a co real competition at Viper, and it sounds like we're three deep there. Yeah, uh, Solomon, Mike Barrett, and now Apache. If we have an Apache package that's designed to rush the passer on third downs, I'm just I'm gonna cry real tears. Oh, just stop right there, my friend. I'm gonna have to go grab the lotion. <laughs> it's too much. It's too much. And then like we haven't mentioned like people like David Ojabo, Taylor Upshaw's been getting some good running camp. I mean. There are some heavy, heavy pass rushers in this group. Yeah, they are. They're big on the pass rusher. Not as strong on the interior pass rusher, but at linebacker and defensive end, I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot of athleticism out there. So I'm excited to see. I mean, you know, Don Brown likes to solve his problems with aggression, so I can't wait to see what he draws up. And yes, the Apache package. I need it. Oh God. I also I loved Don Brown's response to Ryan Day's comments about hanging a hundred on Michigan. Said, I'm just going to shut up and get to work. I was like, my man, that's all I want. I don't, we're, we don't need any talk. We don't need any clown shirts with Greg Madison on them. Just get to work. I agree. And after what happened to him last year, and you and I are very vocal about last year's debacle not really being on Don Brown, if you go back and watch that game. But at the same time, we didn't do a lot to stop him either. So, yeah, you do need to shut up and get back to work. I want to see results on the field, and then we'll worry about shutting up Ryan Day on the mic. 
Yeah, so that's been one of the really nice things coming out of camp is all the accountability. Because Ohio State's always the question. It's like, you know, we're going to get to work. We'll keep the focus there. It's like, we're going to get after it. That's all you can do. And that's great to hear. I As much as I want to hear, hey, we're going to go kick their ass this week, I'd rather hear we're going to get after it. We're going to watch film and we're going to work really hard. We need to beat them once in like an honest to God setting in our modern lives in order to start that sort of talk. I think we're just not in a position that we can even talk right now. Absolutely. Once it happens, it will never shut up. Right. I mean, it'll be six years after the victory and they go, you know, six and oh, and that's it. We'll still in year seven be talking trash. Yeah, they could win six national titles consecutively after a Michigan victory. I really don't care. Like, it'll just be straight trash talk still. Yeah, I mean, from you and I, at least. You can always count on us for that. So, uh, Speaking of something you can always count on, Christian Turner indecisiveness. He's back. Very surprising that Christian Turner decided <laughs> to come back. I'm ha- I mean, hey, why not? Uh, my guess would be this was probably more about him not getting a look somewhere else or it being too late to go somewhere else and play because he's coming back to maybe our most loaded depth chart or the most loaded room at Michigan in the running back room. So we'll see if he can take over Blake Corum for the number four spot, but you're not unseating one through three. Yeah. One through three is unassailable. Good luck with Blake Corum because that kid is a dog. And does Christian, I bet Christian Turner has a girlfriend that goes to Michigan. That's what I'm putting my money on. Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's go with that until let's speculate wildly. Yeah, we'll go with that until then. Either way, he's back. So I'm happy with the running back depth. It's never been better. It really hasn't. I mean, for a time, I think going into last year, you predicted Christian Turner to be the starter last year. Possibly at one time, yeah. Yeah, we thought so. We're like, yeah, Charbonnet probably won't be ready. Hassan Haskins isn't a person. Yeah, Christian Turner. Yeah, Haskins was switching positions. We're like, okay, uh, RB4 maybe. And here we are now, a year later. So much has changed. Right? Yeah, you just don't see people switch positions and come in and be that good at it like Haskins was last year, which is why like Iman Dennis, if you see him start this year, that means the dude is an absolute dog. Cause that's tough. Well, ben Van Sumeren has switched positions three times to- or two different times, three different times. And now he's going to get some burn at linebacker this season. Yeah. What? I mean, you've seen his traps. I mean, he needs to play somewhere. I mean, he looks like freaking Brock Lesnar out there. He's a horrifying man to look at. If he can move even slightly, he'll be a presence. Who wins in a fight here? Ben Mason. Ben Mason. Ben Mason. <laughs> That's not even, why are you even going to waste your time with that? Ben Mason would just eat him. He wouldn't even try and fight him. <laughs> ben Mason is just made out of mostly metal. Yeah. Ben Mason is essentially Zangi from Street Fighter if he were a cannibal. <laughs> So he's going to eat him. Yeah. Mozzie Smith, you're going to eat him too. Yeah. Your children, gone. No problem. Easy. <laughs> Easy day's work for Ben Mason. hes I guarantee he's in a prison cell that he put himself in voluntarily, bashing his head up against the bars. Is Ben Mason going to play D-tackle or running back this year, or both? Who knows? I, I Maybe mean, kicker? Yeah, kicker. We could use him at D-tackle way more than we need him at running back, um, but it'd probably be fullback, wouldn't you think? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, after the last run where we switched him to defensive tackle and then moved him back in and he fumbled the ball three times, I'd be fine with just keeping him on the defense. I feel like that kid was just born to hurt people, so defense seems like the place to be. Right. Either there or in the octagon. <laughs> we have a tag team octagon match with so- Van Summeren and Ben Mason taking all comers. Let's go. I would want no part of being in that ring. Oh, man. So uh, for this episode, we're kind of it, it's obviously strange with the late announcement of the season. And then we had a month to kill. So not quite enough time to break down all the matchups. So 
we're going to do in the second half of this podcast, we're going to start looking at matchups uh, that are going to take place for this season. And we'll go with some one-on-ones, some position group units. So we'll uh, we'll start that after the break. But before the break, one of my favorite things to do, how about some superlatives? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's dive into it. I love superlatives. Start us off. Uh, firstly, did you get any superlatives in high school? Um, no, I don't believe so. I don't know what that would mean. Well, you get like, uh, I don't know, uh, most likable, most likely to succeed, um, most just different awards like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, you'll be surprised to hear that I was voted most respected. Somehow. <laughs> yeah, they have no idea what I've done since then. They, they have no idea I was arrested in Chicago with a pocket full of ninja stars for throwing them at rats in an alleyway. They don't know about that, but that's a true story. the Democratic National Convention in, o, in 04. Come on. <laughs> yeah, so they don't they don't know. So at the time, maybe they thought that they saw something positive there, but uh, boy, did I prove them wrong. <laughs> I was voted uh, in a group best friends, and I don't talk to any of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... It goes to show you that superlatives mean absolutely nothing, but we're going to throw some out anyway. First one, coach with the most approved. I feel like we're both going to be on the same page. Well, I, I would expect accept another answer, but I think it's Don Brown. Uh, Jim Harbaugh has proven that he is an above-average coach. He's brought, in, brought Michigan back to respectability, and now he's got to take him over the hump. And that starts with having a defensive coach that you can count on to not hang 65 or have Ohio State hang 65 on your defense. So if Don Brown allows another 60-burger to Ohio State, he's probably gone just because you, you have to. Yeah, it was, was at 60 points and then over 50 last year. Definitely has the most approved. I'd also like to – Sean knew this is his first year last year, but I'd like to see more production from the defensive line. Last year they were good, and of course there was going to be a drop-off. But this year having three of four starters return, and you have Chris Hinton with some experience – I feel like that defensive line really has to produce this year. There's really no excuse. That's a great, great answer because you've got two guys in Aiden Hutchinson and Quiddy Pay that are fringe first-round draft picks. I mean, we're talking all Big Ten caliber edge rushers. It's probably the strongest position group on the team. So, yeah, you need to have more than 12, 15 sacks. I mean, you need to be pressuring the quarterback. I need to see a lot of sacks coming from that defensive line. You might be limited on the interior, but... I think that you need to see at least seven sacks from both Hutch and Pay. Absolutely. And like I said, this is last year, his first year, their first time fully starting together. It's time. Time to get after it. Time to make a statement. I like that one. What about player with most approved this year? I have, I'll give you one offensive player and I'll give you one defensive player. Okay. Offensively, I'm going to say Chris Evans. Ooh. I I'm going to say Chris Evans, after a complete year away from the program, had to earn his way back to the university, earn his way back into the running back room. Jay Harbaugh spoke to the media this week saying he's really setting the tone with his leadership and the way he's coming along and his pass catching and bringing the guys with him. Just really an uplifting presence in the room. Do you have one for offense? I do, and this one might be surprising, but I think it's Jalen Mayfield. And that's, I mean, you're thinking, oh, wow, fringe first round draft pick. But that's because the last time you saw him, he was stonewalling Chase Young. By coming back, you need to now prove that you're a first round pick. So if he does anything other than look like a first round left tackle, he's going to drop. So, I mean, that's a lot. You need to prove that you're one of the best tackles in the country. So, I mean, he's already proven he's great. But now you've got to prove that it wasn't just a one-off and you are elite. 
it's really interesting. Neither of us said Joe Milton. No, no, I don't think so. I mean, because this, he's going to be a first-time starter. I mean, he's been with the program a little bit, but, I mean, we were expecting it to be McCaffrey. And he doesn't need to come in and be Deshaun Watson. I mean, he needs to come in and be serviceable, and we've got some room for him to grow, and you got weapons around him. I mean, he does have a lot to prove, but I'm not expecting this Heisman campaign that some people are claiming. I'm right there with you. He's got enough weapons. Just play within the system. Read what's there. I'm sure they've really simplified things for him. His second year working with Gaddis. So now I'm with you. I, I, I like that we both went a little bit away from him. Yeah, I have heard, though, that his knowledge of the playbook is next level, that he had more knowledge than McCaffrey or McNamara or maybe even Patterson last year. I don't know. I haven't heard that specific comparison, but it sounds like he knows that offense. And second year with Gaddis, He's the hardest working guy on the offense, him or Charbonnet. So I would not be surprised if he has full com command of this playbook when it starts. But still, yeah, I like that we both kind of tempered expectations there. Yeah, speaking of, you mentioned his name, McNamara. Apparently that kid is balling in camp as well as the backup. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited about that. He's got a quarterback name, so you knew he'd at least be serviceable. But I'm convinced that everybody that's going to play quarterback moving forward is going to be better than the first couple of years of quarterback play at Michigan. I mean, that's just, you know, a product of not having his guys in there. But now that he's recruiting it, getting his guys into the system, they're sitting for a year or two and then coming in. I think you're going to see marked improvement in quarterback play moving forward. Jared, next year we'll have a quarterback. I'm just going to say battle for the sake of another word of Joe Milton, Cade McNamara and J.J. McCarthy. In 2016, there was a quarterback battle, battle of Wilton Spate. John O'Corn and Shane Morris. That's all you need to know right there. Uh, the quarterback room has improved under Harbaugh. Yeah, now, that's it. <laughs> defensive player with the most improved. Um, for me, you could go kind of the same route I did with Mayfield and say the same thing about Quiddy Pay. He was voted like Bruce Feldman's most freakish athlete. And I thought Aiden Hutchinson outperformed him, outplayed him last year at times. So if you're going to say Quiddy Pay is one of the best edge rushers in the country, well, I better see eight, nine double-digit sacks from Quiddy Pay. Um, but I would also, let me think, most approved. I'd say Chris Hinton. Uh, I'll go away from Pay because even if he just replicates and gets another six and a half, seven sacks, you'd say, okay, I mean, he's a pretty good edge rusher. Uh, but Chris Hinton's a five-star. He, you know, They felt good about him, enough about him last year to put him in for quite a few snaps. But this guy's got to prove that he is that five-star talent, that he's worthy of starting immediately this year, and he's not just a big name. So I think Chris Hinton could take a huge leap this year. Um, but he doesn't necessarily have to prove it this year because he's only a sophomore. So I'll go between Pay or Hinton. Who you got? There, there's a lot of ways we could go with this. So I like where you went. We could also throw in the truthers we mentioned, Valaine or um donovan jeter but it's like they've been there forever not really stepped on the field right. expectations aren't that high vincent gray becoming the number one corner at that's michigan which is an honor that's a good one uh josh ross returning coming back like not being the middle not being the mike backer playing next to cam McGrone. yeah but i want to go with a guy that's unheralded who can really take a step who's experienced i want to go with brad hawkins okay brad hawkins has a lot to prove prove that he is the guy he's been overshadowed by Dax Hill and everybody else back there. But you and I have been high on Brad Hawkins for our, this is our third year now. I really think this is his chance to break out and show everybody how good he is at strong safety. I like that because he's overachieved from what people expected from him, but 
he could be like a really good NFL caliber safety. Like he's that good and he's not a household name. So I think, yeah, he needs to have a big year so that people start taking notice that like this guy's probably better than Metellus, probably better than Jared Wilson, better than Tyree Cannell for sure. Like he's yeah. one of the better safeties we've had there and nobody really talks about him. No, he's, maybe it's because of his name. Just Brad. It's like Doug Baldwin right. with the Seahawks. Like, right. Okay. Right. It's just Brad Hawkins. It's just such a regular basic name. If his name was like Tavon Austin, he'd be an All-American. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a great comparison to Doug Baldwin. <laughs> You're like, oh, Doug Baldwin? That's my CPA. Oh, he's also yeah. a wide receiver for the Seahawks. Yeah. It's like he's an elite wide receiver, but nobody ever talks about him because his name is just Doug Baldwin. Yeah. Or it's like. That's why they had to make Calvin Johnson call, call him Megatron because that's Calvin Johnson, you know, just a friend. No one's ever been afraid of someone named Calvin. No, it's just a fact. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I like I like the way that you went with that. And uh, yeah, I, I switched it up from Quiddy Pay just because I didn't want to do the same thing that I did with Jalen Mayfield there. Um, all right. And I also saved some players for this next category. Who's a now or never player as in this is their year or else it's probably not happening for them. Uh, one on offense, one on defense. This is their year, or it's not happening for them. Let me give you – I'll go defense first. And touched on him a little bit already, and I'm coming right back to him. I'm going Luigi Villain, baby. Yep. This – he's been the freak of freaks in camps for three years now. He's healthy again. So this is it. I mean, if he can't play this season, I, I it's done. The camps are done. No more hype. No more anything. So Luigi Villain for me, man, all in. Like, come on. Yeah, it's it's pretty much got to be this year for him. He's at least got to get on the field enough because I believe he could have one more year. He definitely had a red shirt in there somewhere. So he could have one more year, but he at least needs to be able to get on the field enough to show some flashes. So that was definitely one of my high picks for defense. I'll go another guy we touched on earlier. I'll go Donovan Jeter, another guy that you hear some hype about, I believe was a four-star. Um, he was a guy that they expected to be a contributor, hasn't really done so up to this point and he's at a position that we need a contributor so donovan jeter i mean if he comes in and plays at a high level that's a huge huge boost for this defense so and he might be out of eligibility after this year he's been there a while like i said he's been there since desert storm i mean the guys see more presidentials come through than coaches like come on <laughs> exactly so he's getting getting close so i like both those choices choices to me those were the two guys we needed to touch on what about on offense Offense, there are fewer options to go to here. I'm going to go with one that might surprise you just because he could be getting passed up in the depth chart. And in the Gaddis offense, there's a lot less two tight end sets. I'm going to go with Nick Eubanks. Mm. Eric All has been coming on, I mean, like gangbusters, even more at the end of last season. Eubanks has had some injury issues. When he plays, is very good. But if he can't stay healthy, it'll be really hard for him to see the field much at all this season. That's a solid choice. I'm pretty high on Eubanks, as we discussed in one of our last pods. I think he's going to have a solid year for us. But Eric All is coming for him. Um, I believe it was maybe Harbaugh, Jay Harbaugh, not um, uh, um, Jim. But somebody said that he could be like a generational talent at Michigan. So, I mean, they're already, they've got eyes on him. He's going to see the field a lot this year. And yeah, you could get passed up if you're Nick Eubanks. And that'd be, that'd be rough for him because he's got a shot at the NFL. Uh, that's a good one. I'm going to go Chuck Filiaga, though. I think Chuck, Chuck Filiaga has definitely been there since pre-Desert Storm. He's been there since, like, the Iran-Contra controversy. So he, he's got to come this year, and he's got a, a great opportunity to start. Everything that I'm seeing says that he'll probably get one of those guard positions. But if it's not this year, 
I think it's you can pretty much say goodbye to your chances at playing. Chuck Filiago was excited about the new deal from FDR. <laughs> um, we, we once made jokes about Chuck Filiaga being on a milk cart because he was missing for so long. So, yeah, that's a great one. Got to win the starting position, then got to really contribute. So this is it for him. The kid is massive. I mean, built for I – mean, I remember he committed how excited I was for him. So, yeah, it is time. This is it. Yeah, not built for speed, but built for comfort. Built for a lot, man. That guy is thick with five C's. Yeah, thick with a Q. <laughs> it's even thicker. All right, man. Last Whoa. one. This is my favorite one. We we do it every year, and we'll probably do it again this year. It's my favorite superlative. Replace one player on each side of the ball with a 2016 player. And it has to be a player that's in line to start. Defense is easy. Yeah. Defense is Gamon Green, get him out, Jordan Lewis, done. Yep. The only one I would accept other than that would be maybe get rid of Carlo Kemp and bring in Maurice Hurst. That's that's another good one. But even 16, he was he was a baller more in 17 than 16. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. But I mean having that interior pass rush would be would be huge. But it's Jamon Green for Jordan Lewis. That's that you're right. That one is pretty easy. Offense might be a little bit more difficult. Offense, let's work through it. There, were, I love the young receivers we have. Thinking back, I, I'm not going to replace any of the offensive linemen. That's mm-hmm. that's for sure. Nope. Um, maybe, maybe place Darbo or Chesson at the other starting receiver. Just maybe. I always, I was always more of a Chesson guy. I loved his 15 campaign. Um, probably Ju Chesson as the receiver next to Ronnie Bell, just for some size. Yeah, no, that'd be a great matchup. Um, you'd have to like having Ronnie Bell and Ju Chesson. I'm gonna go though. Uh, Nick Eubanks replace him with Jake Butt. Good one. That's that's another good one. You have he and Eric all together. Oof, that is some pass catching out of your tight ends. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, <laughs> shocker, neither of us said Wilton Spader, people like that. No, no, no consideration on the offensive line. No. And uh, wait, was Mason Cole our center in 2016? Because that might not be bad to, to go back. Oh, that is a good one, Jared. That might not be bad. I mean, I like that Stardust, and everything I'm hearing is he's rock solid, but Mason Cole was a difference maker. Yeah, Mason Cole was just a baller. He, Oh, man, yeah, he was at Michigan for a minute, too, and could play tackle as well. Yeah, you could move him anywhere on the line, so he'd be a nice guy to have. He was there. Yeah, yeah, he was there in 2016. I knew that. He was starting, too. He started as a freshman. Yeah, he was at 16. Yeah, was he playing? Because did he go in? Who went in for, um, I can't even think, when Grant Newsom went down? Uh, yeah, he moved out to tackle. Yeah, okay, you're right. Yeah, so that'd be a great player to have on your offensive line. But Yeah, I changed my answer. I want Mason Cole at center. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think our wide receiver core could handle not having Jehu Chesson, but there's some yep. other places where we could use a boost. And I mean, that goes to show the offense is in much better shape than the defense, because in defense, you could think of quite a few guys you could use. Yeah, I was like, you bring Peppers back and rotate Dax Hill. Do you put some beef in the middle? You do this. You bring Devin Bush off the special teams unit. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, but that would kind of be a waste. You're replacing Devin Bush just for his special teams production. Yeah, it's the only thing he did notable in special teams was get that BS targeting call against Iowa. Wow, great memory. Thanks, man. (laughs) It hurts. It hurts. It still hurts. Yeah, it's not easy to forget the pain. But uh, all right, yeah, you know, we'll do more superlatives as the year goes on. They're my favorite thing to do. The what ifs. That's what we do here on Out of the Blue because it's mostly nonsense, but (laughs) it's Michigan-related nonsense. 
That's our favorite kind. Correct. Yeah, it's our only <laughs> kind. But uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to do the first part of our matchups to watch. Start breaking this down week by week. Some of the matchups that you should be looking for that could swing the game one way or the other. We'll get into that right after this. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist. And if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, welcome back to Out of the Blue. We are going to break down some of the matchups to watch moving forward into the season, starting week one against Minnesota. This is going to be an interesting one. We kind of talked a little bit about it last week, and we'll get more into it uh, the week of than we actually do a breakdown of Minnesota. But this is a tricky opponent here, man, so there's a lot of ways we could go. What are some of the matchups you're thinking here? I think the biggest one has to coincide with the announced return of receiver and Bolitnikoff Award finalist from last year, Rashad Bateman. First team all Big Ten wide receiver. An absolute stud on the outside. Quarterback's coming back, so the connection's already there. And this is going to be a prove-it game immediately for Vinny G. Your your number one corner now. This is your duty. You pull Rashad Bateman. It's not going to be easy, but I think he's going to be up to the task, or at least Don Brown and Zordich are going to come up with some kind of shadow scheme with their safeties. But Rashad Bateman is a stud. Mm-hmm. Rashad Bateman is the best player on this Minnesota team, and it's a good Minnesota team primarily on offense. So we're going to be very evenly matched on defense. They're transitioning. They got to replace six starters. So sounds a lot like us, but on offense, they're bringing back their whole offensive line. Rashad Bateman opts back in and Tanner Morgan, one of the best quarterbacks in their program history is coming back. So I agree. I think it's definitely going to be some combination of our offense or excuse me, our defense stopping their offense. And I think you nailed it right there. I think it's Rashad Bateman versus Vincent Gray. You're going to have to give him help. I mean, Vincent Gray, I don't know that he's ready because Rashad Bateman could have been in the NFL this year. I mean, he could be playing for, for an NFL team right now. He's going to go first round or very close to it. So let's see what you're made of. We're going to need to help him on that. Um, another one that I was looking at, though, I, although I, I think that's the number one, is the combination of Aiden Hutchinson, Quiddy Pay against their tackles. They brought back both tackles. One of them is the 6'9 monster, Daniel Filelli? Yeah, we'll go with that. 
Yeah, there you go. And then Sam Fluter on the other side, two really good tackles. Uh, Daniel Falelli is one guy that we flirted with recruiting. I wanted him just because he's 6'9". So that's going to be a tough ask for Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, you've got like 15 foot of man going up against one another when Hutchinson hits Falelli. I would take Aiden Hutchinson against the mountain. I'm not going to back down from a 6'9 guy. Let's let's go. Line him up. Because yeah. the best thing about having this tandem of guys is the same problem that opponents had when we had Rashawn Gary and Chase Winovich. You can't double team both of them. One of them is always going to have a one-on-one matchup on the outside. Now, can they make the most of it? Ties back to the Sean Nua conversation. These guys have to produce, and they're going to cause mismatches all across this. So as much chemistry as they have on the offensive line, Michigan has it on the defensive line. I'm interested to see how they use it. Yeah, I mean, I'll be watching this one very, very closely because Rashad Bateman's not going to be one-on-one with Vincent Gray the whole day. They're going to find ways to jam him at the line, get some help, bracket him, whatever they need to do. But there's going to be one-on-one battles almost every time between Hutch and Pay and one of these two tackles. Both guys that could have NFL futures, both guys that have played a lot of football at Minnesota. So those are going to be great, great matchups there. And man, this Minnesota game, the more I, I look into Minnesota, the more they remind me of us. Yeah, we're going to see that a lot. I saw that with a few other teams as well. And a completely irrelevant point, but it makes me feel better, is Rashad Bateman is switching from number 13 to number zero. You know, not for me. Number zero in football? No. Pretty sure Giles Jackson wears the number zero now, my friend. He went from 15 to zero? I believe so. Don't know. So no. immediately no. on board now. I don't believe it. Refuse to believe this. Nope. Nope. I, I hate to tell you, man. I mean, there's something confident about rocking the number zero as a wide receiver. So maybe that's the new move. I don't know why everyone's making that move. What professional wide receiver has ever worn zero? You're right, Giles Jackson. Oh, my God. I feel so betrayed. Um, mm. Okay. Well, reading a quick article, it's for a zero tolerance like on racism going forward. So it's kind of sending a message this way, I guess. So oh. at least it has meaning. It's not just, hey, I want to be number zero. So. Okay. Well, I mean, that's not a very clear and obvious message. You had to Google it to find out what it meant, but I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, you know, I completely retract my statement now that Giles Jackson is. Thank you for correcting me. Giles Jackson can do whatever he wants. He could wear the, the symbol for pie on his jersey, and I don't care. Yeah, Giles Jackson's only 18, and I, I want him to adopt me. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a weird statement there, Andy. You're a weird guy. <laughs> on to Michigan State. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you got for this one, man? Well, key matchup to watch, you know, not many. I <laughs> It's pretty bad going it's, through their roster. It is bad. This is the worst Michigan State team in over a decade, easily. This team is just bad. And we'll just go with Charbonnet or Haskins or Quorum or Christian Turner or Chris Evans versus Antoine Simmons in the linebacking core. Michigan State, at least under Mark D'Antonio, always had the linebackers coached up really well, always had them in position, aggressive, really good at stopping the run. Even in some of the with Michigan's better teams, they would still give problems with their effort and their scheme. So I'm going to go with that based on history, but this is not the same Sparty team we're used to seeing under D'Antonio. It's rough, and I couldn't find one person on their offense that I was worried about. They've got uh, guard-slash-tackle Kevin Jarvis, who's a player. Um, Who knows who's going to be playing quarterback? It'll be Rocky Lombardi or Theo Day. But Rocky Lombardi is just not good at football. If you trot him out there, you might win a game, one game, and that's only if you have Rutgers on the schedule. It is a rough, rough depth chart, especially on offense. On defense, there's still some holdouts that are going to be decent. Uh, You already mentioned Antoine Simmons. 
uh, Xavier Henderson, the safety, but I mean, who's going to match up every time against the safety? That's not really, can't really pick out a matchup there. So I agree. I think it's going to be, if our running backs can get past their linebackers and their second line of defense, goodbye. It's going to be a lot of work for this Sparty team, man. The, the, the defensive line is going to need some, a lot of help. The linebackers have some talent there, but your boy from Colorado has his hands full this first season. He's not my boy from Colorado. Well, you went there. I'm just saying. Yeah, I did. And then he decided to go coach Michigan State, and I immediately don't care what happens to him. I mean, I wish well for him and his family, but <laughs> game. I, don't, I don't care if he never wins a game. <laughs> okay, okay, I can live with that. But yeah, if Rocky Lombardi is leading this team, it's just not going to happen. The name is, it sounds like such a cliche and a fake name. I feel like you just made it up in NCAA 14. Just, no, it just... I hope, what's Theo Day like? I, I haven't done a scouting report on him yet. So uh, Theo Day is going to have a little bit more athleticism. I don't think he's thrown a pass for them, but he's got a little bit more athleticism, can get outside the pocket a little bit more. I haven't done much of a scouting report on him either because he hasn't thrown a pass for Michigan State. But basically what I understand is higher upside, a little more athletic. And I would imagine Mel Tucker's probably going to take this year to kind of look as a building year. I mean, looking at that roster, you can't really expect much. You'll make a bowl game if every team makes a bowl game, but if you need six wins, you're not getting them this year. That is true. That is that is yeah. that is. I like your uh, your comparison of Rocky Lombardi being an NCAA 2014 creative character. It it really is, especially with his hair. It just it doesn't look. If you're gonna have long blonde hair, you got to be ferocious, like Chase Winovich. Come on. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if you're gonna look like Hitler's wet dream, you better actually be able to play some football. And Rocky Lombardi cannot. No, he came in for relief a few years ago. We're like, wow, this is awful. I didn't know it could get worse. Yeah, yeah, he's bad, and he definitely looks like uh, Aryan Nation. I mean, that dude is blonde, blonde. <laughs> I don't know. He's probably a fine character, but that's... <laughs> Rocky the Party, great kid, just, you know. Great, great kid, just, you know, looks like he's maybe a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> Week three, Indiana. <laughs> Uh, so week three at Indiana, the one that they're claiming is a coin flip that you and I still to this day are up in arms about. doesn't make any sense. Uh, former Michigan quarterback Nick Sheridan is the offensive coordinator there now, which is kind of interesting. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you shaking in your boots yet? Oh, I'm getting real scared now. He originally <laughs> lost the quarterback battle to Steve Threat. <laughs> Steve Threat, good guy. Not a great quarterback. <laughs> Once responded to you on Twitter. Once responded to me on Twitter. Pretty much the highlight of his career, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, man. But I don't know. As far as matchups, though, this is a good Indiana team, though. There's quite a few matchups. They bring back a lot of guys. A lot of experience. Quarterback Peyton Ramsey is now playing for Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern. Um, the biggest, biggest return is obviously Stevie Scott at running back. Being coached by Mike Hart, who we love more than you know most people we actually interact with on a day-to-day -day basis. So the matchup is Stevie Scott versus Cam McGrone. That's just day one stuff. It's going to be this running back against these linebackers, especially McGrone with his speed and what he's going to do. But last season, you remember the 2019 game, Indiana did not do anything in this game. Stevie Scott was held. He had only 54 yards. They wanted to air the ball out a lot, and it just didn't work. This game was a complete one-sided beating. It was 39-14. to 14. Michigan's leading rusher only had – 46 yards which was charbonnet that's because patterson threw for 366 and five touchdowns three of them the nico collins 
So this team may be experienced, but they're also experienced at getting beat down pretty well. <laughs> yeah, Michigan got out pretty early and didn't really need to run the ball a much a bunch last year. They were scoring through the air. Nico Collins had a big day. Uh, Shea Patterson slinging it all over the field. So this year, they'll probably be a little bit more balanced. They bring back pretty much their entire offensive line. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. is uh, going to be the quarterback, I believe, again, unless you know something came out of their camp to say otherwise. Uh, the name's just a little bit too close to penis for me, but that's not his fault. And he's a, he's a talented quarterback, and I, I would have to agree with you, though. Stevie Scott's their biggest weapon. Cam McGrone is going to be tasked with stopping him, making sure he doesn't get to that third level of the defense. If Stevie Scott's able to run all over us, it could be an interesting day. Uh, but you and I are both in the camp that Indiana should not be as big of a challenge as some of the sports casters think it's going to be no indiana should not be listed as a coin flip michigan has handled them any way they can even when the games go to overtime triple overtime michigan finds a way last year was a big stepping stone in the right direction of oh they can't stop the pass at all and they're bringing back their secondary okay fine with this let's just keep throwing the ball down the field so their team like i said they have a lot of talent coming back but the talent hasn't proven anything yet so what's talent that's just experienced at getting beat all the time <laughs> uh, yeah if you call failure experience yes this team is well versed <laughs> exactly uh let's let's do wisconsin this is an interesting one but i feel like with wisconsin it's kind of been the same key to the game every time we've played them ever yep yep it is battle of the trenches that's all it's going to be this game it's all it ever has been and these teams have traded I mean, just wins back and forth since 16. Michigan had the close one, 14 to 7 in 16. In 17, they got us up there with Brandon Peters. 18, Michigan, 38, 13. And we know how last season went. Exactly. Um, we don't know who's starting at quarterback. Jack Cone just had foot surgery. Uh, supposedly, Graham Mertz is actually the most talented quarterback on the roster. So we'll see if they actually get a difference maker back there at quarterback. Uh, we don't know who the running back's going to be. It's going to be probably some type of committee because I don't know that there is a Jonathan Taylor, you know. Um, I mean, they no, there's not. <laughs> yeah, they don't grow on trees. Uh, tight end Jake Ferguson is solid, but I mean, who are you going to pick as a matchup for the tight end? And, uh, you know, they're wide receivers. They sent Quintez Cephas to, uh, to the NFL. So I, I think you're absolutely right. And there was some early departures off of their offensive line. So they've got uh, a stud left tackle. I think it's Cole Van Lanen yep. is their stud left tackle. So that'll be interesting. So if you wanted to pick a player on player, you'd probably say Hutchinson or Pay against Cole Van Lanen. That'll be a matchup that you want to watch. But you're absolutely right. It's whoever dominates the trenches on this one. If one team has a significant advantage on one side or the other, it's going to be noticeable really quickly. And um, I don't. it's not going to be some sort of blowout, I don't think. Last year was probably an outlier. I think chances are this is another tightly contested game where it's decided up front. Yeah, this will be the biggest test for Michigan's defensive tackles because Wisconsin's offense under Paul Christ, who is a great play caller, has been the same. They want to run the ball, work off play action, and they're going to run jet sweeps with whoever it is. That's what they do. And exactly. our defensive tackles have to be up to the task to make the stops because last year we went into Madison and just got pummeled right off the ball, right down our throats over and over again. Granted, the offensive line was better. Jonathan Taylor was there, a generational producing running back. But it's still Wisconsin. They're still going to have good linemen. They're still going to have producing running backs. It's The song remains the same, but and so Michigan knows they need to do to stop it. 
Now I really want to see how this offense adjusts only putting up, I believe, 14 points last year. And in Madison, to avoid the slow start this year, Michigan has to come out of the gates firing and set the tone early. They don't need to put up 35 in the first quarter, but they can't come out flat like they did last year on the road. Right, and it helps that it's at home. Obviously, we've touched on it not really making as big a difference as it has in past years, but it does help that we'll have a couple games for Joe Milton to get a grasp on this offense. So I'm predicting this as the Joe Milton breakout game, by the way. Just want to put that on record. I like that. I predict a slugfest. I mean, not as low scoring as 16 when it was 14-7, to but I expect a close score like 31-24, something like that. And I'm with you with the Milton call. Yeah, yeah, this is the one. I was just doing a little round table for uh, for Anthony and the boys and had to think about it on a game-by-game basis. And I was like, you know what? I'm thinking Milton's going to be cooking by this time. So it'll be interesting. Wisconsin, as you said earlier, is always Wisconsin. You know what to expect from them, at least. And this might be a down Wisconsin team and not one of their better ones. Especially with Jack Cohn just having that foot surgery on Tuesday, I believe. The quarterback being a little up in the air and no Jonathan Taylor for the first time in a few years. They got some question marks, just like Michigan does. Indeed. Indeed, sir. All right. Well, uh, any other thoughts from you before we wrap this thing up, my friend? No, sir. It's getting so close. I can taste it, though. Yes, indeed. Indeed. A couple more weeks here. So uh, that's going to do it for us here on Out of the Blue. Make sure that you like, share, subscribe anywhere that you get your podcast on iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, wherever. Follow us on Twitter at Maze and Brew. I am Jared. That is Andy. This is Out of the Blue. We'd like to remind you that wherever you go, go blue.